It is now time for the Mike McCarthy Show. Coach joins us every Friday at this time here on your home of America's team with Sean and RJ. Cowboys, San Francisco, 9 a.m. pregame, and then kick off with Brad and Babe right here on this radio station. Good morning, Coach. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. Mike, I would like to start with just a curious football question I've always had. It's probably pretty dumb, but I can only ask it to a guy like you who knows offensive football the way you do. One of my first um, things I noticed uh, about your hire here was this uh, Joe Montana quarterback tape. And when I thought of those 49ers where you coached in San Fran, uh, Steve Young and Joe, they were always under center. Why do we totally go away with that? Like, is there any benefit if if, if an offense uh, ran their ran their plays primarily from under center versus everything shotgun nowadays? Uh, it's an excellent question uh, because just yes. I know in my time <laughs> in this league, <clears throat> you, you like that, huh? Yeah, he does. I'm yeah, one for one. I'm, yeah, one for you can one. leave after this, coach. We'll end it one for one. I will definitely take you up on that. Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Damn. I'm kidding. No, I, I think it's a, I mean, it's a great question because, uh, you, you know, the, 1993 was my first year in the NFL, and it was, it was very common um, to have a quarterback come out of college that had never been in the shotgun, you know, as your, as your time. Because every quarterback – because you know that's that's just the way the game was played then, and then as as the passing and the and the shotgun offenses uh, became more prevalent, and particularly through high school and college, it's it's totally flipped. Uh, because now you'll you'll have quarterbacks um, that that'll get to this level that have never been under center. So I mean, it's it, it's more in how the game was played, uh, but it, it's um, it's something I've always held on to uh, for for the training of quarterbacks because. You know, so much is being is still being made because the best way to run the ball still with the back at seven yards, um, just because of the angles and the vision that it gives them in the entry into the hole. So to fit that in, you know, into the uh, normal down distance and play action component of a game plan and attacking the defense under center, uh, to me is still a preference of mine because I still think there's a place in this game for it, and uh, I think it. It teaches the quarterback, you know, more it, um, more about the rhythm and time clock of of throwing the football, where the gun is more convenient because uh, you've already established the the depth and you know it's a different training and time clock of of how the quarterback's uh, footwork fits, you know, fits to the route progression of the receivers and the timing of their routes and so forth. But uh, I think it's more based on the trend of the game, but. Uh, that's that's clearly. I mean, you, you really spent. Uh, you know, back in the early nineties, you, you you didn't get into the shotgun. I, I didn't start using a shotgun until uh, I think it was two thousand. Yeah. Real quick, coach, do you think that you can effectively, uh, you know, have play action? Is it is it as it is done as well through the shotgun or as it is under center, or or is it much more preferred under center? Well, it's it's definitely better under center because you have the ability to to hold the run action longer. You know, if you just you look at the dynamics of it, because the back's coming from seven yards, the quarterback's seven yards away, so the you know the, the extension and action of the of the football and the, and the fit of how the run action you know fits how the line's coming off the off the ball and how they're able to sell it for. 
you know, second longer as opposed to the gun. You know, both the quarterback and a, and a running back are already established at a five-yard depth, and so the ability to hold the action is, you know, obviously not – you can't hold it as long as you could under center. Mike McCarthy joining us here, 105 through the fan. You had mentioned uh, 2006, 2007, uh, year to year. Uh, you guys had won out in, in 06 and, and really catapulted you with uh, with Brett Favre into the uh, 2007 season where you went 13-3 and or, or whatever you went to the NFC Championship game. How do you maintain the year-to-year momentum throughout the offseason if you were to get it this year? Oh, I mean that's that's a huge part of your your off season program, and it's and it's uh, it's a, another great question because we don't know what the off season program is going to look like or how it's going to be scheduled because of obviously the you know the COVID uh, challenge that we're in. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something that um, you, know, you have you you put time in, but especially anytime you have any type of level of success uh, in your prior season. I think it clearly gives you momentum going into the off-season program and gives you a little more clarity on particularly what, what you know would you want to establish and emphasize uh, with the current players and and obviously gives you more insight to the you know player ac- player acquisition component of the draft and, and free agency. All right, let's try to make it three for three here with the award-winning questions we <laughs> asked. We asked this to Jerry uh, because the beginning of your season, Coach, we just kind of look at the turnovers as a little bit fluky. I know that you practice it and all that stuff, but that's probably not going to happen again next year. Conversely, when you take it away from Cincy like that, how how much of that is skill and how much of turnovers is just luck and and some randomness? You know, tipped interceptions. People have tried to take that away from Mm. quarterbacks as a stat. How how much of turnovers is skill and how much of it is is random crazy luck? Well, I I think it's clearly a skill. I mean, it's something – it's a part of the game. You know, and I think any time you're involved in, you know, in in an athletic competition or – you know, in, in a basic mindset, you know, there's gross motor skill and there's fine motor skills. Uh, you know, there's specific techniques that, you know, defenders uh, in the game of football, you know, pro all the way through have have definitely developed um, at a much higher rate than, than, say, 10 years ago. I mean, the ability to take the football, I mean, you can, I think part of the product of the tackling not being as good um, at times is, is you know, people, you know, trying to take the football away with their extraction, you know, skills, and and that, that's because it is such a huge part of it. I, you know, we actually we we do it on Fridays. We have a we have a, a fundamental highlight tape that we frankly go through the whole, whole the whole league, you know, all 16 games, and um, and John Fossil leads it, and and um, we go through all the the fundamental anything fundamental or game situation. It's a it's a continuing education uh, component of 20 minutes in our team meeting today because it is so important. So you see it over and over and over again. Uh, the ability of of these defenders and particularly the coverage units on special teams uh, to take the football away. And so on the flip side of it, obviously we we have to practice and emphasize even more than ever. You know the ability to protect the football. So and I've always felt it was the the leading. Statistic on 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 the on the outcome of football games. Uh, tell true for us because you know obviously our first ten games we we were poor, and uh, you know it's, that's why we commit to you know 
we commit the amount of time and, and energy, particularly even on the practice field, to, to ball security. You, you know, you mentioned that it, it is a skill. Do, do you think – because you see some teams where – let's just take San Francisco, for example. I know they have a lot of injuries, but, you know, they had a ton of turnovers last year. This year they're not nearly forcing as many. Is it something that – it is a skill, but it's just not something that you can really count on or predict year to year? Well, I, I think you can't. I mean, let's say prediction, but uh, I think it's it's a, it's a product of your you know of your players' performance. I mean, you look at you know some of San Francisco's injuries. I mean, it, you know, definitely to their front people. I mean, that's you know the the ability of their front people to to get you know to get their hands on the ball, and, and particularly the number one cause of of t- turnovers every year is is uh, you know hits and sacks on the quarterback. I mean, that's where a majority of these these turnovers come from and then you go into the tip balls and and things like this especially with you know san francisco's length and and pass rush and their ability up front i mean i think it, it, it's definitely something that you you know when you're building the team it's it's something you're definitely looking for i know it's something that i've always looked for mike mccarthy joining us here on uh 105.3 the fan we have been obsessed with teams and talking about you know, pre-snap motion and, and all the, the, the fun stuff that goes into, you know, before the snap uh, with some of these teams. Does do San Francisco especially do that, uh, especially with their running attack and, and, and how they give you a ton of different looks? Oh, definitely. They're definitely on the higher end, uh, no question about it. I mean, in normal down a distance, they're probably oh, they're pushing probably 90%. Uh, I don't recall the statistic. Um from early in the week, but it's you know it's something that we practice you know throughout the throughout the week. Uh, but yes, they're definitely on the high on the high end of a, of a shift and a motion, uh, particularly you know I, it's just like like the offenses are doing a lot more these days. You know you're trying to control clearly the set of the front, and then the second component is the you know the eye discipline of especially the, the you know the fit of the first level and the second level. You know just to because at the end of the day, you know, run defense is about you know contain primary support and secondary support. You got you got three defenders, you know, trying to contain the play, and the other eight, eight running inside inside out to the football. So, um, and this is this is a, a good way of trying to not only win the pre snap with the eye discipline, but you know, gain gain a leverage point uh, on the defense. So yes, they're definitely doing a. They would I'd definitely put them in a the category of one of the highest shifts in motion teams. Uh, particularly in normal down the distance that, we, that we'll see all year. Last one for you, Coach. Uh, Jerry came on with us on Tuesday, and he was running down about five different things that he liked about your coaching style and things that he saw this year. And some of these different analytical websites have you like ranked really high with in-game calls and situations and fourth downs and aggressiveness. How much different have you been this year with some of those in-game situational calls than maybe – in the past with the Packers. Do you feel like you've changed your style a lot more this season or kind of just the same as you've always been? I mean, I think it's the same as I've always been because, because of, you know, the thought process hasn't changed. But, I mean, I can't uh, – you, know, you can't deny there's trends of, you know, how you coached in your earlier years, first or later years. You know, there's also trends of – you know, who you're coaching, you know, how your team's made up. Um, yeah. and, and a big part of in-game decision is, you know, it's in the analytics identification, you know, the reports and the studies and all that, they're very important and, and give clarity to everybody, you know, even the public on, 
which you particularly should do. But the, you know, there's still the in-game variables that you know really don't, only the the coach the coach is aware of because you know it, you know that's why you wear the headsets and there's conversations going on. I mean, you, you have four different lines on the headset, so there's you know there's constant communication and gathering information that when you do get to those you know analytical decision making points of a game, you know, you may push it one, you know, push it one way or the other because, you know, whatever system of analytics you use, you know, you know, green, yellow, red, where green, you know, maybe it's, you know, absolutely you make this decision, red, you absolutely don't make this decision, where yellow's, you know, you you can go one way or the other. You know, there's there's other variables that are specific to that particular game, particular to those matchups in the game, and, and frankly, the, the momentum and all the other things going on in the game, so... And you just got to stay in tune with that. Mike, thank you for the uh, thoughtful answers as always. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck on Sunday, and we'll try to ask three good questions next Friday. Ha! I'll tell you what, uh, congratulations to you both. This is by far your best your best uh, week. So thank you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Only well, took 13, 13 of them. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate uh, that. Take care. All right, guys. <laughs>